This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Kurt Linville. Our guest today is Kate Rao, who is currently the executive director of the Colorado High School Cycling League. Kate was the founding committee chair and brought the NECA model to Colorado in 2010. NECA is the National Interscholastic Cycling Association, and they brought high school mountain biking to the high schools here in Colorado. She was the program manager of Single Track Mountain Biking Adventures, where she directed a seven-month season for riders ranging in ages from 7 to 17. She served as a committee outreach coordinator, sponsorship liaison, and planned adventures from trail work to epic rides across mountain passes. She's passionate about the benefits of positive youth development from the saddle of a mountain bike. Kate has a master's degree in education and volunteers as a court-appointed special advocate. She was a supervisor, training coordinator, and ski and snowboard instructor at Eldora Mountain Resort for 15 years. Kate's background includes working in the mental health field and environmental consulting. Kate Rao, wow, what a resume there. Welcome to the program. Thanks. Happy to be Um, here. Yeah, we're really excited. So with all of that background, we could probably talk about all sorts of different adventures. But listeners, this is about mountain biking, particularly today. So Kate, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Besides the bio I just read off there, who is Kate Rao? I love to be outside. Outside is my cathedral, and I am passionate about positive youth development. My experience, um, both as an environmental consultant and working in the mental health industry, made me realize how important it is to instill a love of the outdoors and a sense of adventure in youth so they have that for the rest of their life. One of my favorite books is uh, Richard Louv's Last Child in the Woods, Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder, really um, was an inspiring book for me. And so I just fell into mountain biking (laughs) Um, via my tenure at Eldora Mountain Resort because I connected with Matt Tomasco, who ran Single Track Mountain Bike Adventures and convinced him to let me be the cook for um, his trips in Winter Park. And the rest is just, I just kept rolling. (laughs) So that's how I came to um, start the Colorado High School Cycling League. You know, it's very interesting, the things that you brought up there. Uh, There's just so much of a parallel between what you just said and several other guests have said about concerns about screens and youth and then the nature deficit disorder and how much the out of doors has to offer all people, but especially young people. It, It seems like there's just a common theme. There's a concern about this. And I am excited to get to interview you today to find out more about um, your particular angle on trying to introduce kids to the outdoors through adventure sports. So that's great. Why do you encourage people to take up mountain biking? Well, for me, I fell in love with Colorado through backpacking. And then I started skiing and I moved here for skiing. And then when the mountain bike was invented, (laughs) I fell absolutely in love with mountain biking because it was a perfect combination of backpacking and skiing for me. It was like you're in the woods 
and you're going fast. Right. And you're working really hard and it's just you and your environment and it's, you know, human powered. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Kate, it's funny. I remember when I saw my first mountain bike, I was a road biker at the time. We were on a 500 mile road bike ride and here comes this mountain bike. And we just about laughed him off the road, you know, what is that? <laughs> but I totally underestimated where that sport would go. And I, I think that people who haven't been mountain biking, especially who haven't been mountain biking in a state like Colorado or California or Utah, where, you know, we have such amazing landscapes and trails, they may not really appreciate what mountain biking can really be. So can you describe um, a little bit more detail about how mountain biking is different from just riding a bicycle? Mm, well, for me, I feel the wind in my face, just like road biking, but I'm surrounded by nature and I don't have to worry about traffic. I get to mm. play with obstacles and rocks and different textures of surface, whether it's a loamy soil in Winter Park or Steamboat or Crested Butte or something really nice and tacky and rocky like Moab or smooth like Moab, but, you know, chunky is on the front range, like outside of uh, Golden and, um, you know, Hall Ranch outside of Lyons. There's just so many amazing different places to ride as well. And the camaraderie of riding uh, a mountain bike, you're out there, you're dirty, you're tired, you probably have got a scrape or two. <laughs> and, you know, people are just always happy and seem to be having such a great time. And they're not, um, they just, you know, I don't care what chain is underneath you. There's a, there's a common bond with cycling. Yet mountain biking, there's just Everybody's just happy. They're like a kid when they were eight, you know, whether it's Kirk Gowdy, whether it's Buff Creek. Um, I've had the great pleasure of riding all over the place. And we're super lucky here in Colorado as far as access. We have incredible access here compared to some other areas, I believe. And cycling, I don't know, you can mountain bike in Pennsylvania. The Southeast has got amazing mountain biking as well. Believe it or not, there's a league, um, mountain bike league developing in Nebraska, where I went to high school. So I think every kid deserves dirt. <laughs> I love it. Every kid deserves dirt. That's true. That's fantastic. Tell us a specific story, if you would, Kate, about an amazing experience that really got you hooked on the sport. You've <laughs> yeah. told us generally why you love it, but tell us a story. Well, tell us about I that day. I just graduated from CU, and I, my roommates had gotten me a mountain bike for – they chipped in to get me a mountain bike for my graduation present. It was a Huffy from Target. I – Took it back, took the money, and bought a used specialized stump jumper from University Bikes. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. To Moab. Three people, three bikes in my Toyota Corolla. <laughs> 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 and, oh, actually, I wasn't on my specialized stump jumper. It was too big, and I sold it to my roommate um, who lived in Denver, and it um, immediately got stolen. So I ended up buying a Diamondback Apex with a smoke paint job. There you go. I kept that bike forever. Toured it in K2 
Canada and all over. So anyway, that Moab trip was pretty epic. We didn't really know what we were doing. It was hot. Um, and we just, of course, had a blast. And on the way back, we drove over Red Mountain Pass mm. and it was snowing. And we were going to go ride in Leadville. Um, it's, back then, it was the beginning of the Leadville 100 course. I, so this was in the late 80s. So that was pretty epic. But another trip that was really um, convinced me was, of course, in Crested Butte. And a friend of mine and I, I was just had this bee in my bonnet that I had to go to Crested Butte and I had to go mountain biking. And so I twisted her arm to go with me and we had no idea where we were going. <laughs> we carried our bikes over logs. This is now a sweet trail um, that goes from the mountain over towards Tiakali. But I don't know. I just I felt so alive and it was just the two of us. We had no idea what we were doing. And it was so beautiful. It was in the summer and the wildflowers were just in full bloom, we had fantastic weather, and we just laughed and, you know, smelled all the different scents in Crested Butte, and you're in that valley with the West Alps and Tiakali. You know, it was just amazing. On that trip, was I was totally hooked after that. That's fun. You know, I think the listeners are probably starting to get the idea that you're not talking about small little um, rides around town here. These are these are some uh, pretty aggressive places to ride. Tell us what the Leadville 100 is, just so people understand. Well, the Leadville 100 is a 100-mile mountain bike race um, that was established shortly after the Endurance 100-mile um, running race. And Dave Williams has won it, I think, six or seven times, born and raised in Colorado, and it's actually on the board of the Colorado High School Cycling League. And he and his wife, Susan DiMattei, were our first guests at CycleFest in 2010. And it's a pretty grueling race. And, um, you know, Lance Armstrong has done it. Floyd Landis has done it. Levi Leipheimer, JHK, you know, um, Jeremy Horgan Kobelski, Todd Wells. And Dave says... It brings, it tests the road racers and the mountain bikers. It's a good test for that. And I think there's, I don't know, 1,200 or more racers that um, ride it every year in August. So for the listeners, better appreciation here, Leadville's at 10,000 feet approximately. That's the lowest you're going to be Leadville on this race. is at 10,000 feet. And so that you're starting high. And then you climb from there and you do 100 miles of this. Yes. So, you know, mountain biking can be epic, but it doesn't have to be that big. You know, when people get started with mountain biking, a nice little roll around the neighborhood can be so refreshing, too. So it, I think it, it can bridge the full spectrum of athletic ability, the full spectrum of interests, and, you know, people just need to try it. Yeah, we have a high school race up in Leadville, which is a pretty sweet course, and it's not as epic as the Leadville 100. <laughs> so there's, I mean, you can ride around Bear Creek State Park and gravel and along the creek and up over the dam and look at Roxborough Canyon. And I ride my bike around Wonderland Lake, uh, North Boulder. And it's, 
it's a huge range. It's similar to skiing. If you want to just do groomers and green and blue runs because that makes you happy, do it. And if you want to just roll around on some great multi-use paths in Louisville or Golden or Lafayette, you know, they're coming to be more and more popular. Um, just nice, multi-purpose, all-weather trails that kids, you know, four- and five-year-olds are cruising around on with their grandparents. So just about anybody could do this, and it sounds like you've spent a lot of time with youth on mountain bikes. Um, so the Colorado High School Cycling League and the Single Track Mountain Bike Adventures, both of these are about getting youth on mountain bikes. So what have you seen, I guess, the advantages that, that these kids have experienced from getting involved with mountain biking? Well, for me, I think it takes some places. They learn a lot of self-sufficiency um, and confidence and a sense of adventure that they can create the adventure f- for themselves versus watching or creating an adventure, interacting with the game. Or right. and, and they can learn about their their home, their neighborhood, and they can feel safe and go out and do it with each other. And um, I think there's a bond created across boys and girls and different socioeconomic backgrounds or um, from different cultures if they're out there together because it sheds all the trappings of perceptions about, oh, you're a cool kid or you're not a cool kid or you're a girl and you can't ride or, you know, your bike doesn't look as great as this one and you're in tennis. You know, all that stuff is just, it doesn't matter because you're out there trying to go over the same technical section or you get a flat or your nose starts bleeding because you're at altitude. Um, <laughs> it, it happens with kids or anybody that for, with, you know, nosebleeds or um, you're bonking or you forgot your inhaler or, you know, all those things you become human and you just shed all that stuff. I've seen kids totally come out of their shell and get a sense of, connection and affiliation which we all need i feel like it really speaks to maslow's hierarchy of needs and that you know at first you got to feel safe that's number one is you got to feel safe and then you try something new and you feel successful and then you want to do more and you want to whether it's seeing more trails or trying a race or working on your downhill or your uphill or doing track stands or whatever. Um, a lot of kids really get into the mechanical components of it. I mean, they can recite more gear ratios and metal, you know, metal combinations and um, all kinds of great things that are coming out in technology. I mean, I've seen us go from U-brakes to V-brakes to disc brakes. And right. it's super exciting that it's, you know, disc brakes are making it a lot more safe. I mean, we didn't have shocks in my Diamondback Apex, you know. Um, so I think it just, there's a, a sense of fun and adventure and 
you know, kids don't have that so much. None of us, I mean, a lot of us don't have that as much anymore because we're always going, going, going. You know, the human biology and brain is designed to survive. And if we never put ourselves out into a situation where we're kind of on the edge, a little bit scared, um, trying something new, we get old inside. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I what I hear you saying here is that kids lose the pretension, they drop the facade, they get real about a sport that they share in common, and then they get stretched. And that's what adventure sports are all about, right? It, it's to stretch us. We find out things about ourselves. And, you know, that's a top level of Maslow's hierarchy you brought up, that self-actualization part. It's so hard to do, but a common sport that people love, that they can get involved with, that teaches them about themselves and uh, helps them to relate better to others. I mean, wow, what a fantastic opportunity for kids. Yeah, and it's so amazing to see them blossom. You know, it, That's fun. It just, they're, whether that self-actualization is learning about the latest and greatest gear, whether it's hydrating, whether it's learning to shift at the right time. That's one thing that was it's really fun for kids to ride um, the same trails periodically. You know, their na- their neighborhood trails is like, oh, yeah, I rode this section today without ever dabbing. Or I, I didn't hold on to my brakes when I was going down this descent. Or, you know, I launched this little rock. And, and you know, trail building with kids is also another amazing experience because they are using their hands they're getting outside, they're doing some teamwork, they're giving back. And I'll never forget one of the first trail work projects we did up in, in the West Mag Trails in Netherlands. We built a diversion, a you know, a little culvert over um, a trail and rocks. And, you know, we worked on it all day. And then when we rode, you know, that was our home turf, is our home turf with Simba, the kids would ride over it. And they would be like, we built that. How cool cool. is that? And then, you know, we got to do a bunch of great trail projects, the connector loop and um, the Benjamin loop and the county opens, Boulder County open space was like, what do you guys think of this turn? And like our good, really good downhill racers at the time, they would be like, take the switch back and they'd tell them how to bank it. And it was so great that the, um, staff the trail crew wanted to hear from the kids and that made them feel so important and they need to feel like they're contributing to this world and when I was in the intervention business it felt like kids were guilty as teenagers that's when you know meth was really coming on and sexting and you know kind of our world was getting turned upside down with a lot of new challenges that parents and kids were addressing. And for a while, I felt like just because you were a teenager, you were guilty. Mm, And I was like, this is not true. 95% of our kids are great and they're doing awesome things and they're creative and they're not stupid and they're not unmotivated. They're super motivated. They're amazingly creative and they want to contribute to the world. And they are in a, a 
age where they go through huge developmental stages between ninth and 12th grade, four decades of emotional, physical, intellectual development. And I just love watching that and seeing the friendships that develop among the teens and the kids on within a team and having the older kids mentor the younger kids or the more experienced riders encourage the younger riders because they know how much fun it is and they're like you can do this and it is fun and when kids get frustrated like if one kid gets frustrated the best person oftentimes to encourage them is not me it's their buddy and they're really influenced by their peer group and so it's tremendously rewarding to see that peer group just expand all oh, yeah. because of a mountain bike. Yeah, isn't it fun? It gives these kids something to latch on to. And who are we kidding? <laughs> it gives us all something to latch on to. It's so easy to be knocked around in this world. But, you know, if you can grab an anchor, something that, I don't know, brings some focus and, and some experiences and, and some joy, you know, you meet new people and, and all the things that you described, people need that. They need that stabilizing force. And I think adventure sports of all types can bring that. But what you've done with mountain biking with these kids, um, it's just out of this world. Who would sell nearly everything they own, then pack up and travel for three years around the world alone on a motorcycle? Alan Carl did pick up his new book, Forks, A Quest for Culture, Cuisine, and Connection, an adventure that will awaken your senses and inspire your spirit. Explore 35 countries on five continents with stories of connection and culture, more than 700 stunning photos, flavors, and food. Visit ForksTheBook.com and use promo code 180TACK to get $9 off through April 15th, 2015. Hey friends, don't miss out on the family fun that is the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness this summer. Paragus Northwoods Company, located at the edge of the wilderness in Ely, Minnesota, is a leading supplier of fun for families and friends in the Boundary Waters Wilderness. Paragus supplies the canoes and the camping gear that makes a wilderness adventure so easy and so enjoyable. Find them online at paragus.com. That's P-I-R- A-G-I-S dot com or pick up the phone and talk to their outfitting department at But Kate, you mentioned being on the edge a little bit. So share with us a story about a time that things didn't quite go as planned. And what did you <laughs> have to do to, to manage the situation? Biking. <laughs> it was um, a Simba trip where we'd always we always would spend a week in our park. Well, this particular week and and we're camping and so there's all that camaraderie and memories. We're creating memories. That's it. Um, adventure sports are um so we were socked in in winter park it was pouring rain for two days we were all sleeping in the van soaking wet sleeping bags and the you know windshield was all fogged up and we were (laughs) i was talking to my 
my executive director, Matt Schmasco at the time, and he's looking at the Doppler, the radar, and he's like, you guys are going to be socked in the whole time. And one of our coaches at the time was like, let's go to Fruiter. And I'm like, we're going. So we like... <laughs> put all of our wet stuff in we drove to fruta it was like i don't know we left it i don't know seven in the morning we drove to fruta we got there and the sun was out the desert was amazing we dried everything out we did a couple of rides and then the next day we're like uh one of the coaches was like i think i know the edge loop it's one of imba's epic rides let's do it and i'm like hmm okay uh where does it go? What did you think? Anyway, we set out on the Edge Loop Epic Adventure ride. So Edge Loop, okay, you have how many kids with you? Oh, boy. I don't know. It might have been 14 or something. So a good group. It was a good posse. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about this Edge Loop Adventure. We had a couple, one other vehicle that the um, one of the younger, you know, 20-year-old coaches had ridden, but... So there was two lead coaches, female, both female, Maggie and me, and then two college kids, young college kids who had grown up with Simba. So I'd known them since they were like 14. So there was a lot of trust there. And um, so, oh my gosh, now I'm remembering all some of these kids. Anyway, we went on the edge loop. There's this one section where there's this huge slate, rocky descent along the power line. Um, then there's a climb forever. Then you run into Slot Canyon where there's a rope that you're supposed to go down on your bike, carry your bike, and rappel into the Slot Canyon. And <laughs> wow. I'm like, no. The rope was super degraded, sun rot. I'm like, we are not going down that. Because all I could see, it was, you know, maybe a 15-foot drop into the slot canyon is like somebody, the rope breaking. So we went along the slot canyon. There was another trail, like a goat path, a game trail. Right. We got out of that. Then we're riding, 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 and it's getting, you know, now we've been on the trail for eight hours. I was the only one left. Wow. I was the only one left with water. And now we're down on towards 18 Road, but we're on the very far, far east site. So we're east of our campsite. And if you've ever been out there, there's all those auroras, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're just right over there. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not just right over there. It's miles. Um, and we're just going over the auroras, uh, you know, trying to get back to the campsite. And one of the kids loses um, his shoe, comes off. His uh, cleat gets stuck and his shoe sole rips. So oh, no. he cannot get out of his bike. I mean, we can't get the cleat out of the pedal so the sole has been ripped he's taken his foot out of the shoe and i worked probably for 30 minutes to dislodge that shoe out of the pedal so everyone's exhausted everyone is parched thirsty this kid is dismantled his shoe and it's locked onto his bike 
<laughs> and the sole is ripped. No, so now actually what happened was the shoe ripped totally out of the pedal. So the top part of the shoe was destroyed and all that was left was the sole and the pedal. And, and <laughs> so how is it going to ride? In the cleat, in the pedal. The Shimano wow. SPD, I remember, and I finally got it out, and they were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I don't know how Roger got back now, but anyway, he got back. We went and bought him a new pair of shoes. It was a kid's birthday, and we got popsicles and Coke and celebrated the kid's birthday in the gazebo. <laughs> um, that was the next day, but that it took us, I think we were probably on the trail for eight to 10 hours and kids were, you know, it was all we could do was to keep our spirits up, share water, whoever had it. I think I had a tangerine left too. Like I always carried extra food, but it was like keeping a good sense of humor, keeping a positive attitude joking around with each other, encouraging each other. And just, we were super fortunate the weather held. <laughs> well, in Fruta, <laughs> that that's generally the way it is, right? Yeah. Well, and then the next, that trip was awesome because we wanted to ride Joe's Ridge at sunrise. Because I'm like, I am not driving four hours with 14 boys without them exercising before we get on the road. So I was like, we got to ride Joe's Ridge at sunrise. And so the boys, a lot of the boys, ah, these old photos of them all sleeping in their camp chairs with their sleeping bags over them and their cycling gear on underneath <laughs> for the sunrise ride on Joe's Ridge. It was super fun. Well, what advice might you have for our listeners about how to uh, handle situations like this? I mean, you already talked about the camaraderie and the encouragement that people were sharing with each other but what lessons were learned here definitely know where you're going before you take kids reconnaissance any trail adventure before you take other people on it and two reservoirs in your pack is a good thing um, always have the right tools. I never go anywhere without my leather man. That's all I got to say. My leather man's probably 30 years old. And even when I ride the hundo, I've got my leather man and people are like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's my, it's my pacifier. Uh, <laughs> and you know, zip ties my pack. When I was riding with Simba, I'd have a ton of stuff. And even when I ride now with all my friends, they're always like, she's got it. Extra cleats. You know, whatever you think can go wrong. Be prepared. Be prepared. And now with GPS and all those fancy um, orienteering tools, they're super helpful. But they don't give you water. They don't give you more daylight. They don't help with a first aid kit or things like that. (laughs) And batteries don't last forever. Right. That's a huge thing. So it's... You know, know where you're going is really helpful. And being sure, able to you know. retrain. I've been on Epic Loop since then, last year, and uh, or on the Edge Loop. And some friends of mine, it was late, kind of a similar thing. Daylight was burning. People were out of water, out <laughs> of food. And uh, one of my friends was like, let's go down this bushwhack. And I'm like, no way are we bushwhacking we are backtracking because at least we know where we're going right and we got back at nine o'clock that was a 
Oh. Just before sunset. I don't you know, it might sound <laughs> miserable to some people to be stuck in a in a long, exhausting, hot ride, and these things can get way bigger than we intend them to. But isn't it funny when we relate the stories, how we laugh and we get excited and we realize that that was really tough, but you know what? That was a life adventure that I'm going to carry with me because, you know, I look back and it was an accomplishment and it was fun and, wow, I learned so much about myself that day or learned so much about my friends. And it's it's not the easy going times that are memorable necessarily. It's when we're in that big adventure. Yeah, and, the, and you know, using good judgment and Group dynamics is a big thing. I mean, they have tons of studies about group dynamics with hut trips and epic climbing, mountaineering adventures is that the group dynamics can be dicey. So trusting each other, being able to communicate well and stay calm are also really helpful things when you've got your friends or any group together. Yeah, it's 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 really critical. It's it's when you find out what people are made of. It, it's interesting how some people step up to the plate and encourage others and and make the necessary decisions and lead that would be surprising perhaps. And others that um you think might be more of a leadership personality, you find out that they're the ones that are saying carry me. <laughs> you know, it, it's just fascinating what what boils to the surface. You know. Yeah, and actually, yeah. I remember the. When I was doing this ride last year, last spring, my friend looked at me and we were we were like going front side back to 18 Road Trailhead. And he's like, how you doing? And I was like, I love this stuff. <laughs> he was like, oh, he was so mad. He's like, this is the hardest day I've had in my life. I'm like, you were at a Coast Guard at boot camp. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, well, in one 12 hour period. <laughs> There you go, yeah. It was a riot. That's fun. So you have done so much to um, bring the sport of mountain biking to kids in Colorado with a Colorado High School Cycling League. Um, I've been watching your organization there grow. Do you have some numbers for us? You've probably grown by 500% in the last five years. <laughs> Our first year, I think we had 155 riders at race one and do something at the first race. And total participants was just under 200. It was about like 185. Last year, our average race was 594 students. Wow. And we had a total of 711 participants. That's so fun. So these kids, you know, they're getting all the uh, benefits that you've already described. And that would not have happened, Kate, had you not stepped up and said, we're going to do this. And it's a beautiful program. And uh, you've impacted a lot of lives in a very positive way. So I just want to say thank you for that. That's really cool. So can you give us a few more details about the Colorado High School Cycling League? We include um, teams from Wyoming. We have about uh, 54 teams represented in 2014 and we're hopefully continuing to grow and we're splitting into two conferences in the 2015 season um, where we'll have north teams race on one day and south teams race on another day and then they'll switch which day of the weekend they're racing so they'll have two saturday races and two sunday races and this year, what's really big is we're going to have a state championship race. The top-level kids from each conference will come together and be able to race against each other at um, Eagle on our state championship course. 
And that's going to be really exciting. And I'm super excited about being able to continue the growth with the conference split. And anything else new with the league? We'll have some new venues this year. Don't know exactly what they're going to be yet. (laughs) But we will be coming back to Leadville and Eagle. Still doing a lot of negotiations with communities and venues and to get the right mix for the season. Oh, one thing that's super exciting that's happening is a lot of teams are becoming official clubs within their schools. And Golden was the first public school where the principal awarded the student athletes within the high school mountain bike team with um, activity letters. In Fountain Valley, a private school um, in Colorado Springs that's competed since 2012, they actually um, were the first school to absolutely recognize their student-athletes and give them letters. And my goal is by the end of this season, we will have 20 schools. And right now, I believe we have 12. Wow, that's great. And it's now becoming much easier thanks to the work of Scott Burkhardt at Golden and um, the principal, Brian Conroy, embracing that for the public schools. And Coach Burkhardt just got um, recognized at the Jefferson County School Board meeting recently for his efforts with his mountain biking team, which is super exciting because we have lots of Jeffco teams and it's the largest geographic school district in the state. So um, I'm pretty excited about that. You know, these days with all the budget cuts and everything else, it is so difficult to get a new sport recognized in a school and uh, to be able to pull that off and for the schools to see the value of the program and and increasingly adopt it as a real sport. (laughs) Um, It's fantastic. It's a great thing, especially because, you know, mountain biking has so many advantages for the kids. So not every kid can be on the football team. Right. And, you know, what really makes it happen are the coaches. The coaches and the kids, they're the ones that get out there and practice every day. The coaches organize them. The parents make sure the kids have all the right gear and help with our races and the volunteers. You know, I cannot be more fortunate for the group and community that we have that are super excited about what happens when they get to spend four or five weekends with their kid when they're in high school and they get to help out with practices and ride their bikes and they see new trails built in their community and they um, contribute to trail work projects and what happens with just having one or two kids and a couple of adults want to go ride their bikes is infinite. Oh, yeah. That's very cool. Well, hey, I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of parents and students that are going to hear this and say, I didn't know that that was going on, and that sounds just perfect. So how can they get in touch with the uh, Colorado High School Cycling League to become a part of this program? Well, our website is Colorado, M as in mountain, T as in trail, B as in bike, dot org. Um, And there's lots of information on the website and there's a map of where existing teams are with contacts of those coaches right on the homepage. It says 
community, there's a map, click on that, and they can see where they can email me directly, kate at coloradomtb.org. If they forget that, on the contact page, there's my email and my phone number. Okay, there are going to be people in other states who are going to say, wow, I wish we had an organization like that here. It sounds fantastic. Um, what do they do? How could they start up a, another branch? Well, they should contact NICA, the National Interscholastic Cycling Association. And the best email there would be info at nationalmtb.org. That's their website as well, nationalmtb.org. And there's new leagues cropping up Every year, you know, this year I think Idaho's going to have their first race series. Nevada's coming on board. Alabama, um, Virginia, uh, Georgia's going to have their second season. There's a league in Tennessee, New York, Arizona, Utah, Minnesota, Texas. I think there's 15 now. Well, that's just fantastic. I'm glad to see that the sport is taking off for young people. It's a really neat thing. You know, normally our last question that we ask is, how does your sport benefit individuals or society as a whole? But you know what? We've been answering that question for the entire podcast, and that's really fun. The Adventure Sports Podcast, Kate, wants to make sure that we're giving back. We want to make sure that the information that we're sharing is is beneficial to people, and we can encourage people not only to have fun, but to be healthy. And uh, organizations like yours are just fantastic for that. Super really super for the kids and for all the the parents and for all the adult volunteers that help out. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. I can witness to that. And Kate, we thank you very much for what you're doing with Colorado High School Cycling League, but we also thank you for your time today on the podcast. Thanks. Do you have any final contact information or things you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I recommend somebody, people come out to see a race because the energy and vibe and spirit the best way to understand it is to experience it. And a really cool new program is happening with a partnership between IMBA and NICA called the Teen Trail Corps Crew. And that's really emphasizing and encouraging kids to step up and be leaders within their teams as working on trails and being great land stewards. So that's a pretty exciting new endeavor. Lots of ways to get involved, it sounds like, and lots of new developments, lots of new teams, new leagues, just a neat thing to be a part of. So, Come to CycleFest May 16th with Sonia Looney um, at the American Mountaineering Museum, and that woman has got some amazing adventure stories. Okay, fantastic. And it's a fundraiser for the Colorado High School Cycling League. Right on. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Kate. Thank you. Happy trails. Would you like to be a guest on our show? Just go to adventuresportspodcast.com and click contact us. Hey guys, will you help us make the Adventure Sports Podcast successful? Take a few minutes to rank us on iTunes and leave a review. Subscribe, rank, review. Thanks. Have you ever dreamed of traveling the world in a motorcycle? Pick up Forks, a quest for culture, cuisine, and connection, and experience the people and cuisine of 35 countries the way Alan Carl did. Visit ForksTheBook.com and pick up your copy today.